I'm Carissa Andrews, international best-selling indie author and CEO of Author Revolution. With more than 15 books published, it's safe to say I have made a ton of mistakes in my endeavor to become a full-time author. The most important thing that I've learned in the past decade is that indie authors need to protect their creativity and their serenity. Being an author is a long game, and that's why I'm on a mission to teach other indies just like you how to publish books with a sustainable, rapid-release method. I created the Author Revolution podcast to give you insights and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you do just that. If you're an ambitious author or one in the making who's looking to create a long-term author career and a life you love, you've found your tribe, my friend. Let's get your author revolution underway. Welcome back, everybody. Well, it's hard to believe that we're already in February. I mean, January was a long year, if you ask me. (laughs) I don't know what it is, but this month already feels lighter. Maybe it's the fact that we love celebrating Valentine's Day here in this house, or the fact that our anniversary is coming up, my husband and I, or that it's almost his birthday as well. There's just a lot to celebrate and be happy about, I guess. Maybe this lighter feeling could also be linked, though, Back to the fact that I have started my six-week writing sprint. After four months of taking time off writing fiction, in particular to cleanse my mental palate and in part to also focus on other endeavors, I finally feel ready to take on Diana Hawthorne again, and it feels good. I started writing in amends, and I can tell you, now is definitely the time. I'm glad that I started picking things up again because before it just didn't feel quite right, And now it's like I have a whole new level of enthusiasm and excitement to start writing this series. So here's the thing. If you're an author who's in this business for longer than a hot second, you know that it isn't a way to get rich quick. And it's really not something that is quick to do. It takes a lot of energy and effort and time kind of out of you, especially when you're trying to pour all of your creativity into a book that really resonates and reads well and excites your readers. But it means that you're always working and always testing and always trying to learn more and do more. And then when you add on top of that, this whole idea of rapid releasing, especially if you haven't gotten into the realm of being able to rapid release in a consistent manner that is sustainable, you're in a world of constant motion. Now, I've been going like this for years. And if you've been following this podcast for a while, you know it's a habit I am actively working on breaking. I've done this by taking days off and forcing myself very deliberately to slow down. Now, it's not always easy, but I could tell it was a necessary thing that I had to do in order to reclaim my sanity, my health, and my creativity. Plus, I wanted to be able to spend more time with my family because, let's face it, it's just become part of my routine, part of my day. So I need to figure out how to incorporate it better into my life. And Trust me, if I've been doing this for a while and I feel this way, I'm pretty sure some of you out there also feel the same. I want to be able to see my kids and hug them and know what their interests are and have a lot of fun with them and do fun things. So that's all the stuff that I am working on bringing back into my world that felt like it was maybe lacking just a little bit. Yet the funny thing is, oddly enough, I'm actually doing more 
if that makes sense. I'm not doing more in the, the realm of like headless chicken stuff. I'm actually slowing down and earning more. I'm slowing down and producing more. It's very strange. Now, why do you think this is? I think it's because I gave myself the bandwidth to focus on the areas that move the needle, and then I've given myself permission to ignore the rest. Now, one of the things I teach inside of Rapid Release Roadmap is this idea of a six-week writing sprint. It's similar to the concept of NaNoWriteMo because you all know how much I love NaNo. But the goal here is actually to write a first draft of 60,000 words because in all honesty, most genres really are going to be coming in at around 60,000 words. And if you're getting better at writing your books cleanly, you could write a very clean first draft in six weeks. Now, unlike NaNo though, the way I operate is that we're working in days off. Then, unlike a constant rapid release mentality, we also take breaks between books too in order to focus on the things, like I said, that move the needle forward, that actually make an impact on our income. If there's one thing I have learned, it's that we indies really have to pen in our downtimes because if we don't, we won't take them off. We just won't. There's too many other things vying for our time and we see all the stuff that we have to do and we have all those hats. Remember, we've talked about the hats. But in order to be successful, it is critical to our long-term success in order to take time off and really just give ourselves that opportunity to replenish our creativity and replenish our sanity. So here's my thought process within this six-week sprint thing. There's a magic in knowing that you only have six weeks to write your book. First of all, you have a busy life. I do too. And you want to write your book and move on. Now that's why we add a finite number. We give ourselves a concrete goal on how much time we're going to actually give ourselves to write this book. It's also why so many authors are as successful as they are with NaNoWriteMo. And then they come back every single year to do it year after year. I am guilty as charged. I still try to take on NaNoWriteMo every single year. I'm not always successful at it, (laughs) but I do enjoy the challenge of it. Now remember, Parkinson's Law. We've talked about this. I've brought it into many podcast episodes, but I think it's super important to continue to circle back to it. Work expands to fit the time allowed for it. That's Parkinson's Law. Work expands to fit the time allowed for it. So if you don't give your specific project, your book, a container, it will energize or bunny the crap out of your time. You know what I'm talking about. It'll just keep going and going and going. No, no, we are smarter than that, guys. We have to be able to put a container on it by using deadlines wisely. Now, sprints allow us to give that timeline and give that deadline, and it's one that we can live with while pushing us to do the work in a tight turnaround. So for those of you who are wondering how I run these six-week sprints, let's talk a little bit about them. Now, first of all, we know already at the very beginning onset is that we're going to be aiming for 60,000 words in six weeks. And it's fairly easy to write that consistently. Now, that means to me that we need to write breaking it down, 10,000 words per week in those six weeks in order to hit our target. That means I know I'll be writing 2,000 words a day. Now, for those of you who know how to do math, hold tight a minute. This number will make sense in just a second. Next up, I pick my start day. It always is a Monday for me because for whatever reason, that's how I roll. I like to plan my weeks where they go from Monday to Sunday. So from there, I'll add the six weeks into my plotter plan. 
for the specific book that I'm working on. So for amends, this means week one is obviously February 1st through the 7th. Then week two is February 8th through the 14th, and so on, until I get all the six weeks written out. Now, for those of you who might have missed last week's episode, using Plotter to plan out your rapid release series, I really do encourage you to go back and listen to it so that you know what it is I'm talking about. Okay, so once I have the six weeks labeled out, I go through my actual calendar, you know, the ones on my desk or on the wall, to see what dates I know I won't be able to write. February is one of those kinds of months for me, like I mentioned earlier, where I know I'm going to be having days that are specific and in the middle of the week that I have to take off. So for instance, I know I will not be writing on Valentine's Day. I won't be writing on the 19th through the 21st for my anniversary, and then on the 25th for Colin's birthday. In addition, I also know Tuesdays are super hard for me to be able to get my writing in because Tuesdays are podcast days. I sit down, I write my outline, I record, I master, I upload, I do all the stuff, all the miscellaneous things that go along with this podcast and getting it put out there. It's literally an all-day event. Even my PA Jenny knows to avoid me like the plague on Tuesdays because there's a very high chance of probability that I'm not going to answer her right away. (laughs) With those days then picked out, obviously they're there, they're easy to identify. I then work to average everything out. My goal is to only write five days a week because I know that the week of February 15th through the 21st, I'm only going to have three days I can actually write. That means to me, I'll have to adjust a few days throughout the month, so I average 10,000 words per week. Now, you'll notice I said average. There are going to be times where you won't hit that 10,000 word count goal for a specific week. You have to remember that life happens in the middle of all of this. So while we're aiming for 10,000 a week, some weeks it won't happen, and that's life, man. I just go ahead and make up the time in a different week by only taking one day off, for example, or maybe writing a little bit longer on another day. That way I can just kind of get everything averaged out, 10,000 words a week. And if it's more or less, I try not to stress about it. Now, once I have the days I know I will be writing mapped out, I literally take things one day at a time rather than focusing on like the whole month and being like, okay, I need to like get all the things. I go down specifically to today. Okay, do I have to write today? Yes. No. Great. Okay, so if the answer is yes, then obviously I know I have to plan out my block of time to be able to write. And today is Tuesday, so that means no writing in amends for me. But tomorrow, you bet I'll be writing chapter two. Now, one thing I've learned about myself is that I have to work within my golden hour. (laughs) And no, that's not a Golden Girls reference. It just means for me, writing comes much easier first thing in the morning. I have a specific time of day where I feel the most creative, the most vibrant, the most energetic, the most capable, I guess, of writing my stories. What I'll usually do is my morning routine. I get up, I get things kind of going for the day. Kylan goes off to school. And as soon as he's gone, I have like an hour long window of quiet from seven to eight o'clock where no one other than me is up. I am literally the only person in the house. And believe me, in a house with so many people, It's like absolute sanity giving bliss. It's wonderful. Now, rather than sitting down and writing right away, what I like to do is I grab a cup of tea or coffee. Uh, I sit down then and I read a chapter or two in the book that I'm reading for pleasure. Then once that chapter is done or once the couple chapters are done, however I'm feeling that morning, I'll then switch gears into writing. 
Now, I know some authors out there, you're going to be different from me, and you'll be probably the exact opposite. I know my husband is. He could not wake up first thing in the morning and decide, hey, I'm going to go write in my book. If he did that, I swear to God, I would have thought he grew horns because that is not who Colin is. He is a night owl. So the key here is to figure out when your golden hour is and then stick with it as close as possible. So speaking of that writing, I mentioned earlier that I aim for 2,000 words every day that I write. This is also pretty average to what my chapters work out to be. So when I sit down to write, my goal every day, whether I realize it like in the forefront of my mind or not, is really to get a chapter done a day. It just feels a little bit cleaner to me. It doesn't always happen. I try to make it happen, but near on most of the time it really does. And if for some reason I have to stop before a chapter is finished, let's say the chapter is going a little bit longer than anticipated, or I'm just not vibing with it in that particular day, I will always try to stop mid-rant so I can pick up wherever I left off the day before. Meaning I literally stop in the middle of a sentence because your brain, when you come back the next day, it's this neat little psychological trick that allows you to pick up where you left off without having to really spend as much time trying to get those creative juices really flowing again. It's a lot easier to just kind of pick up and keep going. Granted, I also will oftentimes go back and read the last little bit of what I wrote the night before as well, just to get into that mindset again. However, the six-week sprint isn't the only sprint that I run. So when I'm sitting down to do my writing for the day, I also run a two-hour daily writing sprint to get that chapter on the page. For those of you who know anything about writing sprints, you might be going, Carissa, that is not a sprint. That is a marathon. (laughs) But here's the thing. On average, it takes our brains 23 minutes to fully engage in a project and enter our flow state. Now, I talk a little bit more about this in episode seven, so I'll make sure to link to it in the show notes today. But in essence, every time you are pulled away to do something else, you're starting that clock over again in trying to get back into your flow state of writing. Now, this is why writing takes so much time for those who aren't in the know of how to utilize this. If you're operating on a 15-minute writing sprint, for instance, you haven't even hit your stride just yet. You're cutting off before you actually hit your flow state. The human brain can actually stay on task for up to two hours on a project without degradation in its creation. That means you can actually sit and write and focus on a project of your own creation for two hours without really kind of flailing about with your energy or your mindset with it if you are in your flow state. Now, if you're learning something new, that's a different scenario. Learning is a different animal altogether. Usually it's 45 minutes and then you need to take a break. But for this sort of thing, when I have already done my planning, when I am in the process of creating and it's just kind of coming from me, I've now become part of my flow state. I know that blocking out a two hour time frame of uninterrupted writing time, well, as uninterrupted as I can get anyway in this house, is perfect for me. I go ahead and I find my headphones, I stick them in my ears because that's kind of a cue for my husband and for the kids to know I am in the middle of something, don't interrupt me unless you are bleeding or dying or something along those lines. Now more often than not, when I do that, I complete the chapter that I'm trying to work on in the two hour slot and sometimes I even beat that clock. All because I've trained my brain, number one, that I can push through and and get into the flow state. And number two, I have that psychological subconscious reminder to myself when I put my headphones in, that now it's time to focus. For whatever reason, 
the headphones really plays a huge role for me and maybe it will for you as well. All right, so when I'm done, obviously, then I get to move on to the rest of my day's tasks, which are plentiful. This is how indie authors who work full-time jobs can still manage to rapid release. They don't dilly-dally with their stories. They take that whole time up front to plan out their plots. Then they get to work by understanding the power of their sprints. One of the things that I'm implementing after this sprint, though, is something I've always told other people to do, but I've never really done it well enough for myself. I know, I know. Do as I say, not as I do. (laughs) Well, at least not until now. As soon as I finish amends, in my six-week sprint, I am going to dot, 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 celebrate. Yes. (laughs) What celebrating means to you could be different from what it means to me. But my plan for this particular book is to treat myself to a day out of this house. I know it doesn't sound like anything super exciting, but trust me, it sounds like bliss right now. I am planning on a day trip somewhere that I have never been. It's going to be an adventure of some kind. Maybe I'll take a kid with me. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll bring the husband with me. (laughs) Maybe I won't. I have no idea where I'll go, what I'll do. I just know that I plan to give myself an adventure away from the confines of these walls because let's face it, at this point, I think everyone is starting to crawl the walls. And I have been working from home since 2014, so that's saying something. (laughs) Now, after the six-week sprint, I also have the peace of mind in knowing that I can take a break then from my writing. This is something that I deliberately put into rapid release roadmap because I think people who are getting into gear of rapid releasing have the misconception that they need to keep going and going and going and never really take breaks. And if they take a break, then they're doing something wrong or they're falling behind. So my goal with rapid release roadmap is really to show people that you can rapid release books, but do it in a sustainable way that keeps your sanity intact. Now this year, because I am working my books around my launches for Rapid Release Roadmap, my next sprint for writing in fiction won't start again until June 28th, because I'll be going through the month of July and then part of August. This way, I'm past that whole new launch of Rapid Release Roadmap. And then if Book Bonanza is still on in Texas, I'll be home uh, from that, hopefully sans COVID. And I'll be ready and excited and exhilarated to be able to start a new project. So that's really the the whole process when it comes to the six-week sprint. I hope it's encouraged you to kind of look at the way that you tackle your own writing projects and the way that you're doing your own stories. Because truly, I think a lot of authors spend way more time than necessary trying to perfect their story when if you do a little bit of the legwork up front... And it doesn't have to be a lot. You can do skeletal outlines. Do a little bit of planning up front and then dive into the writing part. You're using your skeletal outlines as a guide, but you already know what's going to happen in this story when it comes to the structure, when it comes to the bones of your story. And you can write it so much quicker. All right, so that's it for today. If you've got questions about the six-week sprint or writing sprints in general, feel free to head over to Author Revolution's Facebook community. I am always around and ready to answer questions if you have them. Also, if you'd like to check out episode seven, where I talk about multitasking and staying in the zone, you'll be able to find it at today's show notes. So just head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash 66 and get the goods. All right, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed it and you know what time it is, right? 
it's time to go forth and start your author revolution. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden, who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks, like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.